but yet this year. Well, that's good. I don't know if I'm talking to human beings. Let's look at the door marked exit today. The door marked exit. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 10, 13. We're going to read that verse. And you ought to get to know this verse, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, because this is the passage that we've been springing from, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Hope you have your Bibles with you. Don't come to church without a Bible. Uh, the children are beating you if you do because they're all starting to bring their own little Bibles. And um, they're learning how to find a, a, a Bible verse at the count of three, literally. Quick draw children. They do it quickly. And by the way, I need to know from uh, Connie. Y'all forgive me. I'm looking for. Okay, I see it. I just need to know if something was here. All right, let's read it. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. Everybody say with me, God is faithful. So God is watching and seeing it when you get tempted. That's the idea here. God sees it when you're tempted, and He's faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, He will also provide what, everyone? A way of escape. So there is a door marked escape in the presence of every temptation. He will provide a way of escape so that you can stand it, stand up under it, bear it. That's the idea. So that you will not succumb to it. God gives a an escape hatch, a door marked escape. Now, Lord, thank you for your word today. And Lord, we are in a world of temptation. We're in a world that is wired to tempt every single person to sin. It's the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And Lord, I pray that you will shine a light today on how you provide a way out for us. And I pray for those who are being tempted right now that you will deliver them in the hour of temptation, that you will strengthen them to turn and run, that you will strengthen them with resolve to say no and give them the ammunition to do it. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Thank you for canceling satanic assignments today. Thank you for canceling the power of temptation off of minds and hearts today. Thank you, Lord God, for setting us free today. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, amen. God bless you. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, uh-oh, this is going to be good. I like that picture up there, tackling temptation. That's a great one. That's the worst way to fight temptation, standing there looking at it right there. Now, let me talk to you about what the Word says about this. We've been dealing with this for four weeks and I think I'm going to deal with it one more week. And I'm going to call next week's the key or your key to flee. Your key to flee. How do you know when you need to flee? That's next week. But now today, let me uh, take another a fourth Sunday to deal with this uh, whole issue of temptation because we do live in a world uh, that is wired to bring you down. Wired to entice you, to... Uh, vex you. It says that Lot sitting in Sodom and Gomorrah was vexed every single solitary day by what he saw taking place in front of him in uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. And it seems to me we're almost in another Sodom now. And so we need to know how God delivers. It says that in the Bible, 
God is able to deliver the righteous from temptation. Okay? And so what about this way of escape? What, what does it mean when it says God will open a door, a way of escape, in the middle of a temptation that you may be able to bear it? It comes from a Greek word that we've already mentioned. The Greek word simply means an exit. God opens up an exit. Now, in every public place, you'll easily find doors that are marked exit. Look around you. There's one right over there to my left, and then to my right, and behind us and to the side. All around this sanctuary, there are doors marked exit. The city makes us do that, and the city is wise in making us do that. Because if there were a fire and the place filled up with smoke and you couldn't see, those lights are designed to cut through smoke, to shine in a dangerous situation and show you where the door out is, lest you be consumed and destroyed. So there's a door marked exit. And in the same way, God promises every one of us in the hour of temptation that He will give us a door marked exit. He will give us a way out, a way of escape, that we may be able to bear up under what is coming against us. Now, I want to talk to you today about three escape routes, three kinds of doors that God opens so that we can escape, so that we can exit, uh, as they used to say uh, in the cartoon, exit stage left, so that we can get out of there, so that we can flee. Now, here they are, and I'm going to take them really by order of what I think is priority. The first one, the first way of escape is the warnings of the Holy Spirit. The warnings of the Holy Spirit. God guides His children by His Spirit. I don't know how people make it today in this world without the power of the Holy Spirit. I really don't know how people do it without the Holy Spirit. What a comforter. What a strengthener. Uh, what a joy to have peace in the middle of a storm. Uh, what, a, what, a, what a wonderful experience to feel like you've taken the last step you can take and then you realize you can take ten more because the Holy Spirit gave you strength. The Holy Spirit is the greatest. It's the down payment that Jesus gave us of what is to come. Take your best day, the best day where you've experienced the, the, the most powerful presence of God's Spirit you ever have in your entire life and know that that's only a down payment of what's coming. <clears throat> he gave us a down payment. But now, the Spirit has many ministries inside the life of the believer. He gives peace. He gives strength. But listen to what He does. In the hour of temptation, the Holy Spirit brings warnings. He is faithful to bring warnings. God said, As God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able to endure, but He'll open a door of escape that you may be able to bear it. Now, one of those doors is the Bible teaches that the Spirit of God leads us by His peace. He guides us by the peace within. Listen to what the Bible says in Philippians 4, verse 7. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit, by His peace, acts like a guard. Now that word guard means to be a watcher at the gate, to guard as a lookout, to protect. 
It's like if I had a policeman at the door out here because we, maybe we had had a threat. And the policeman is standing out there at the door and he's armed. And he's guarding the door. He's looking for an enemy to come in. And, if, and when he sees an enemy coming in, he's going to be at the door to stop him. That's one of the ministries of the Holy Ghost in your life and mine. He acts like a guard at the door of your heart. He is a guard at the door of your mind. He acts like a sentry, a policeman posted there to warn you of something that is not of God. And here's how he does it. He does it by his peace. He does it by guarding you with peace or by taking his peace away. The idea is this, that if, if something is from God, the child of God will experience a deep, reassuring peace, even if it doesn't make natural sense. You know, I've been ministering to Tom Dooley. I was there last night, and I was reading to him the Psalms, just reading the Psalms to my friend. And it's amazing to me how I'll read a Psalm to him, and he'll say, thank you, Jesus, praise God. I say, Tom, how are you doing with all of this? He says, he says sometimes it's a struggle, but as long as I keep my eyes on Jesus, I have peace. And see, that kind of peace, when you're fighting a brain tumor, is beyond understanding. It transcends understanding. You don't have to understand it for God to give you peace. How often have you had peace in the middle of a storm when everybody else would be panicking? It doesn't make sense. It, tr it transcends understanding. But it doesn't have to make sense because God said, I'm going to give you peace in the middle of a storm. I'm going to give you peace when other people are failing with fear. I'm going to give you peace when there's no natural reason for you to have peace because I'm the God of peace. So people that are losing their jobs have peace. People that are in financial trouble, yet when they pray and give it to God, they still have peace. Thank God for the peace of God. Uh, Jesus, uh, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Amen? Because God gives peace in the storm of life. And so here's the Holy Ghost inside of us acting like a sentry, a guard at the door of your heart. And if something is not of God, here's what he does. If something is foreign, not from him, but is coming to break into the house, and bring destruction. The Bible says he takes his peace away, and you feel warned on the inside. You feel checked. You lose your peace, and you may not understand why. It may look in the natural like you're making a good decision, and you can't explain it, but suddenly you lose your peace. You're troubled on the inside, and in, the, in your brain, in your mind, you logically can't see why. But God sees what you don't see. God knows what you don't know. God has a sense of what is coming. As a matter of fact, did you know the verb construction of this word, guard, in this context of Philippians 4, 7, means to guard in advance. That's what God does. We're warned by the Holy Spirit in advance at the very beginning of a temptation. When the bait first comes within our line of view, we're warned by the Holy Spirit in advance before the temptation has an opportunity to ensnare us and bring us down. The Holy Spirit is faithful. He will say, there's a door and it's marked exit. And he'll warn you. 
He'll say, stop. He'll say, turn. He'll say, watch out. He'll say, you better be alert. You better be sober. You better be vigilant. You better be careful. And the warnings of the Holy Spirit will come. And only when you obey those warnings will his peace return. And let me tell you, never, never, never take lightly the warnings of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit sees danger that you don't see. He sees things you don't know about. He is omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient, all-powerful everywhere at once. He sees the enemy coming. He knows what the enemy has planned for you before it even arrives at your doorstep. He told Simon Peter, Peter, listen, Satan has desire to sift you like wheat. Well, here, Peter's fine. He's saying that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. But Jesus said, I know what the devil is up to. He's going to sift you like wheat, and I have prayed for you. He knew what was coming before it even arrived, and he warned Peter in advance. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. This is God's number one exit plan. The exit sign begins to flash before we bite the bait, before we initially give in, before we're too weak to back away. Now let me give you a fact about temptation. The best way to beat temptation is to respond immediately. Everybody say with me, immediately. The best way is not the way you see on that picture. On that screen up there, that little girl, you could say to her, sweetie, what are you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm resisting temptation. For those of you listening by radio, there's a jar of cookies and a little girl peering over the top of a shelf looking at the cookies like, I really think I can't wait any longer. I'm going to grab one. The worst way to resist temptation is to stay in the scene of temptation. The best way to beat temptation is to respond immediately, immediately to God's initial warnings. The first little check, the first little nudge, the first little warning, the first little flag. You are not called to debate, negotiate, or procrastinate in the presence of the tempter. Don't negotiate with him, he'll win. Ask Eve. Don't procrastinate. Don't debate. But take that warning flag and go. While you're strong, go. While the Word of God is upon you, go. While the Spirit of God is warning you. For instance, Jesus said in Luke 17, 32, he said something, shortest verse in the Bible, remember Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife. Well, what are we supposed to remember about Lot's wife? Well, you remember the story. The angels of God had prepared or had appeared in, uh, to Lot in Sodom, two of them. They came walking up to Lot and said, we've come to see if what we've heard about this city is true. There is an evil report going up about this city to God, and we're going to check it out. And if we find out that it's true, this city is doomed. Well, you know what happened. It took one night to show the story. And they were attacked by the men of the city in a homosexual fashion. They were attacked to be actually assaulted. The angel blinded the men of the city, told Lot, you better get out of here. And let me just give you the message version here. In Genesis 19, the angels said, hurry up, get out, you and your family. If you don't, you will be swept away. Hurry up move fast, obey me now, get out, or you'll be swept away. And this perfectly illustrates the door of escape. 
This is the way the Holy Spirit warns us. He comes to us and says, hurry up. Get out. Respond now. Seize the moment. Don't wait. Don't debate. Don't procrastinate. Don't negotiate. Get out. And next, the angels commanded the family of Lot and told Lot's wife, don't look back. When we're getting you out of here, don't you look back. Don't look back with longing. Don't look back with pining for that land. Make a clean break and do it now. But as they fled, you know the story. This is what Jesus was talking about. Lot's wife tragically turned and looked back while the fire was falling on that city. And what happened? She became paralyzed in life. She became a pillar of salt. It was the end of her life. Well, how do you interpret that? I often wonder why it was salt. And you know what I found out? I don't know. I don't know why it was salt. But I do know this. She was running, obeying God, fleeing a place of temptation, and she paused. She lingered too long, turned, looked back with longing, disobeyed God, and was frozen in her steps. In the same way, we can become paralyzed in our walk with God if we don't obey Him and flee when the fleeing is good. The message of Lot's wife is don't linger long when God has told you to flee. He who lingers in the presence of temptation assures defeat with every passing second. The best door of escape is this first door. Learning to respond immediately to God's warnings immediately is a key to victory over temptation. So the first door is the warning of the Holy Spirit. Now here's the second door. Being locked and loaded with the Word of God. Now armed and ready is the old phrase, but locked and loaded is the new one. So I'm going to use locked and loaded because it's cooler sounding to me. Locked and loaded. But you've got to be, church, listen to me now. We've got to be locked and loaded with the Word of God because the truth will provide you a way of escape. Now I'm going to say that again. The truth will provide you a way of escape. If you know the truth like Jesus knew the truth in the wilderness, He can't deceive you. Deception is what takes people down. When they become deceived by the liar, by the great deceiver, the devil. So you've got to be locked and loaded with the Word of God. Now I want you to pretend the Holy Spirit is a soldier. He's living inside of you. Pretend with me for a moment. He's a soldier. He's living inside of you and the Holy Spirit is a soldier. The ammunition He uses is Scripture. It's not your emotions, how you feel about something. The ammunition, as a matter of fact, the Bible says that the Spirit of God has a sword. And I'm going to get one. I brought one. Here's what I was looking for. That's a real sword. The Holy Spirit has a sword. Some of you are getting nervous. Has Pastor Jeff been okay lately? I'm okay. Watch this. The Holy Spirit has a sword. The sword is not the way you feel. The sword is not earthly wisdom. The sword is not good intentions. The sword is not your own physical strength. The sword is not a good idea. The sword is only the Word of God. You've got to be locked and loaded with the Word of God. 
Now, here's the way that it works. Let me show you how it works. In a time of personal need, here you are. You've got a need. You've lost your job. The bills are coming due. You don't know what you're going to do. The enemy's attacking you, telling you God's left. It's over for you. You might as well give up. The soldier, the Holy Spirit, runs to the ammo room to find Scripture passages about provision that you have read. Now watch this. And he returns. So he runs to the ammo room and he returns. He returns with what you have put in your mind and heart. And he plays, for instance, he goes to the ammo room, comes out. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He comes out and he puts that in your hand. Here comes the enemy at you. God's forgotten you. You might as well give up, get out of church, quit praying. It's not doing you any good. You are handed a scripture verse by the soldier. And you go, it is written. And it says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. One thing he cannot stand up against is the Word of God. This is the way that it works. For our radio listeners, I'm holding a very serious-looking sword. It's a beautiful sword. It's the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. Now, now, let's take it a step further. In the time of temptation, the soldier, the Holy Spirit, goes to the ammo room, grabs the passages having to do with temptation, and places the sword of the Spirit into your hand. Now, what is the ammo room? The ammo room is your heart and your mind. Listen to what David said. Your word have I hidden in my heart. My heart is the ammo room. Moses told the children of Israel, Therefore you shall lay up my words in your minds and in your hearts and in your entire being. Get them deep inside you. Deuteronomy 11, verse 18. So the ammo room is your heart and your mind. And so you're in temptation. The Holy Spirit runs to the ammo room. The soldier goes to the ammo room. Well, what's in here? What's in here? Let's see what we can find. And if you're healthy and you've been in the Word, He comes out. No temptation has taken you but what is common to man, but God is faithful. He is able to keep you when you are being tempted. Now to him who is able to keep you from falling and present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. Therefore he is able also to save to the uttermost completely, perfectly, finally, and for all time and eternity those who come to God through him. And you go slash, 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 slash. But here's the hang. If you never read the Word, if you're never in it, he goes to the ammo room looking around in vain because he can't quicken anything to you that you haven't put in your mind and your heart. He can't give you the door of escape, the door of truth, because you don't have the Word in you. That's why I tell you like a broken record, read the Bible every day. Get into it all the time. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Let me tell you something about the Bible. It has an amazing ability to stick in your memory. It sticks in your memory like nothing else. 
you read it a few times and you'd be amazed what the Holy Ghost can run to the ammo room and bring up and place into your hands in the hour of temptation. And truth becomes a door of escape, locked and loaded. I want a church that is locked and loaded. I want a church full of the Word of God who when they're attacked in temptation, the Spirit of God can immediately, instantly go to the ammo room and pull out the sword of the Spirit. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Every verse is a sword that cuts through the enemy. If you read and meditate on the Word of God on a regular basis, the Word of God becomes a sword in the Spirit's hands. The truth is God's Word opens a door of escape. Didn't Jesus say, you will know the truth, and the truth is what will set you free. The truth opens. I can't tell you how important that is in the day in which we live. A day of deception, a day of lies, a day when the deceiver is sweeping the world with unbelievable fantasies and lies and myths and stories contrary to the Word of God. Be locked and be loaded. How can a young person stay pure by obeying your Word? Amen. Now a third one and a last one, and I'm going to close. So here you have it, locked and loaded. The Word of God is an escape. Amen. And now, a third one, a sudden moment of clarity. Now, let me minister to you out of the Word of God. What do you mean by a sudden moment of clarity? In Jesus' story of the prodigal son, he said the day arrived when the runaway renegade had a sudden moment of clarity. And here's how it describes it. The Bible says in Luke 15, 17, he came to himself. Now, think about that for a moment. He came to himself. You know what that means? He had left himself. He came to himself. That means he had a sudden moment of clarity. A moment of clarity happens when the bubble of deception suddenly bursts. You're under temptation. The enemy is wooing you, speaking to you, luring you, baiting you, enticing you, drawing you to something and he's making it look good because that's his job he's making it look right logical uh, reasonable because that's what he's best at he's a masquerader he's a disguiser he's a costume artist and his job is to make something wrong look right something down look up something dark look light that's his job and so here you are, the lure is happening, and a moment of clarity when you realize what's going on. A sudden moment of clarity. Suddenly, you see the temptation for what it is. The, the prodigal son looked around him. He had been deceived in terrible deception, took his father's inheritance, ran away, went and spent it all on riotous living, got down into a pigsty, and sitting in the pigsty, uh, feeding pigs and eating pigs' food, which was unbelievable for a Jew. He had a sudden moment of clarity. He looked around himself and he said, what am I doing? And that's what this moment of clarity brings to you. 
And you know what? God gives you a moment of clarity. You're walking along, going along, being lured, being baited, and suddenly you have a moment of clarity. Suddenly you think right. Suddenly it occurs to you, and you ask yourself the question, what am I doing? What am I thinking? Where am I going? The prodigal looked around at the life he was living and said, man, what are you doing? It was far better in my father's house where there was love, meaning, purpose, fellowship, light, comfort, security, joy, a future. What am I doing in this pig sty? In the moment of clarity, you suddenly see what's happening. From God's perspective, you see it. You recognize the trap for what it is. You understand who's behind it. The shades are suddenly pulled open. The sunshine of clarity floods in. And for a moment in time, God gives you a moment of clarity where you see it for what it is, and then he says, all right, here's your moment of clarity. You see the truth of this. Now flee. There you are running around with those people you shouldn't be with, but you've rationalized all that. Or you're dating that person that doesn't really walk with God, but you've rationalized all that. And there you are doing some things that normally you wouldn't do, but you're telling yourself, well, you know, uh, I'm going to have to be a little bit like them if I'm going to win them, but really you're never going to win them at all. They're dragging you down, but you've rationalized all that. And now before you know it, you've gone further than you thought you'd go. You stayed longer than you thought you should stay. And you're sitting there in some kind of a pigsty of a relationship or some pigsty of a habit or some pigsty of a group of people you're running with and you know they don't honor God and suddenly you have a moment of clarity. You look around and you say, what am I doing? Where am I going? What am I thinking? And so the prodigal said, I'm going home. Even if he wants me just to be a servant, I'm going to go home. Being just a servant in my father's house is better than this pigsty. And that moment of clarity woke him up, turned him around, set him in a totally different direction, sent him home, got a ring on his finger, shoes on his feet, brand new clothes. I mean, God blessed him. He gives you that moment of clarity so you can flee the burning building. That moment of clarity says, see that door? It's marked exit. Take it. Take it now and take it quick. I've pastored almost 30 years. That's hard for me to believe. Really, it's about 26 years. I've seen so many people get lured away by the enemy. They didn't have, they weren't locked and loaded. They got broadsided, blinded, got deceived. Um, They didn't listen to the initial warnings of the Holy Spirit. They get out there, and before they know it, they're in miles and miles of trouble. And what does God say? Even in that state, 
And even in that condition, his mercy opens a door. He marks it exit. Right down to the end, he marks it exit. And he says, don't care what you've done. Don't care how long you've been there. I still love you. I still want you. I'm still calling you. I still want to restore you. I still want to redeem you. I still want to help you. I still want to establish you, stabilize you, give you my joy, give you my purpose, give you my life. There's the door marked exit. Take it. And you find that when you walk through it, he's there waiting for you with arms open wide. Thank God for the promptings, the warnings of the Holy Spirit. Thank God for the ammunition of the Word of God. Thank God for the moment of clarity where God opens the door and says, now take it. Next week, I'm going to talk to you about exactly when to flee. In the meantime, let's stand up, can we? Pastor Jeff, this is a pretty strong word. This is where people live. It's where some of you are right now. As a pastor, my calling is to beat the wolves off of you. And it's not always a pretty thing. My calling is to drive the enemy away from you. So I've got to expose that boy. That's what i got to do. I want to pray for you if you're in a temptation today. Can I assure you there's a way out? It's already there. It's already flashing somewhere. If you'll just look, exit. And I want to pray that God will grace you with the strength to take it. With our heads bowed, you can say, Pastor Jeff, I'm in a temptation. The enemy's really filing away on my resolve. And I'm asking God to help me. And I want to take that door. I want to see your hand. Just put it up. No one's looking. So what? If they do look. Say, I'm being tempted. Amen. I want to pray for you right now, for all of us, that we will be wise, smart, concerning this walk with God. Father, I pray for everyone here today struggling with the hour of temptation. Lord, thank you that the door of escape is there right now because you're faithful and you're not going to allow us to be tempted above what we're able to withstand. But the door of escape is there with exit marked over it. And I pray that, Lord, every person here who needs to will take it in for the future. Not if, but when we are tempted. You'll help us to spot that faithful door and take it immediately, locked and loaded with the Word of God. In that moment of clarity that you provide, help us to do it. In the name of Jesus. Now with your heads bowed, I want to do two things. There are people here today who need to get right with the Lord. Um, you just need to get right with the Lord. You need to come home. You need to maybe take an exit door. I want to invite you to do that. I'm going to be right down here in the front. We're going to close um, quietly with not a lot of noise. I'm not even going to count. 
or anything. But I want to receive you today if you need to get right with God. So, Pastor Jeff, I don't want to do it in front of all those people. Who cares what they think? Who cares what anybody thinks? This is your soul. They've all been there. That's why they're here. So come and say, you know, Pastor, I need to get right with God. It's time. I want to take that door. And I'm going to pray with you. The second thing, some of you need a church home. Uh, you've been wandering, looking, praying, searching. God wants to give you a church home. 